Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Cousin Connection Podcast. You know, actually, last week we messed up. that We we didn't realize that we didn't say podcast at the same time. We just kind of went into it. Or was that two weeks ago? I can't remember what it was. I think it was last week. I think it was last week. Yeah. You know why? Because we just did like a cold like open. A, yeah, it yeah. was like whatever open. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. I, I don't know why, but it feels like it's been a while since we've recorded. Uh, not really. Why is your laptop right in the middle? I don't know. So that we can... Because you, said I you guess never looked so. at it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was trying to be accommodating to I you. I guess so. But now they can't see the bottom half of us. Oh, should I just... No, it's okay. Go ahead. You're good. Just, okay. You're good. Just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about what we did yesterday? What do we? Why are you so loud? Am I, for once, you're for actually once, louder. I know. Let me let I, me let me fix this real my quick. My bad. Um. So by the way, guys, <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Are we allowed to say it? Yeah. I mean, we posted it on our Instagram. What was yesterday? Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot completely. So we recorded with our friends, um, Huddle Talk TV, the guys at Huddle Talk um khalid and nick and um first of all we were just like in awe of their studio their equipment all that it was like so sick um and they're going to be releasing that episode i don't know when sometime in the future we don't know exactly (laughs) subscribe to their channel (laughs) look out for it um but i noticed that like i don't know if you could tell on the on the headphones like whenever we were all really loud or we would laugh like it would the sound would be like quieter like it would almost like prevent it from being clipped. Oh yeah, that, well that's what high better equipment does, right? <gasps> it avoids clipping, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, that, but I found that annoying. Why? Because it like would go quiet when we're all like dying of laughter. Yeah, you don't want it to clip. Like when we're talking right yeah. now, it's not clipping. But when I go like this, oh. then it starts clipping. Exactly. Oh God, sorry so for whoever was listening. That was so, I'm so loud. Sorry, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh why every every once in a while you hear me talking about oh your gain is high. Blah, blah, blah. It's because like. Like just audio equipment, depending on how much you're paying for it, yeah. It like it, it, it requires you if for cheaper audio equipment, yeah. You can still make it sound professional, mm-hmm. but it's gonna require a lot more input from the user. Like you're gonna mm-hmm. have to figure out like the levels more. You're gonna have mm-hmm. to play with the gain more. You're gonna have to figure out a lot more. But some equipment that's like high end, mm-hmm. it doesn't take as much setup, or at least it's more forgiving. Okay, if that makes gotcha. sense. I mean, I personally, and I might be biased, but mm-hmm. I feel like our quality is great. Yeah, our quality is good. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you got a pro here. I'm just saying, man. You know, you our sound engineer. Me. Exactly. <laughs> um, but before we get into this week's episode, um, you guys know the drill. We are actually so close to 2K. I feel like by the time this episode goes live, we're probably going to hit it. We're at like 1.99. Like 1.99. We're 10 subscribers away. Yeah. Like literally three. this time. No, 10. I checked. It was like three away. <gasps> we're actually three away I now? This so. morning when I checked, we were 10 away. Um, One, <gasps> literally, <laughs> one subscriber literally one away. one subscriber yeah. away from getting to uh 2,000. So whoever wants to be that lucky subscriber, 
you know, we're not going to give you anything, but you know, you could be. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, don't forget to subscribe to our yeah, channel. Subscribe to the channel. We're going to be putting up more shorts. And can mm-hmm. I actually talk about that for a second? We're going to put up yeah. more shorts on YouTube because recently they put out a statement saying, you know, we're going to we're gonna start, you know, supporting our people who are putting out shorts. So we're like, why not put out some shorts? Because I feel like the people on YouTube, like mm-hmm. I'm... I'm assuming that a lot of them do follow us on the other socials, so they mm-hmm. probably see a lot of our clips on either TikTok or Instagram. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, or maybe you spend more time on YouTube, now you'll be able to see those clips that we take from each episode mm-hmm. um, and see them on YouTube instead of having to go to those other platforms. Uh, and actually, I prefer them to go to YouTube because I feel like YouTube is the most, like, it'll, it'll give us... Um, that's where we get paid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, so, I, yeah. And it also, like, I feel like YouTube now is pushing for it. So we get a lot more engagement there. They have, and like, recently, a shorts page. It looks just like... Um, like TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. And and funny enough, like, our photo... Fo- not first, but, like, we pushed, we posted maybe one or two shorts, shorts before just playing around with it. Mm-hmm. But recently, like, we actually try to do it regularly the first one i post of course has to be like the most controversial one if you listen to last week's episode then you know that we talked a little bit about like the little mermaid situation and we spoke about representation and like whether the color matters Mm -hmm. and to a lot of people in the comments of that short the color did matter a lot they i i was reading it and i was like like when amir told me like yeah not doing so great i was like oh, no no God. it was doing good views wise views wise but comp like the reaction i think mm-hmm. a lot of people were salty um some people tried to argue that the little mermaid was race-based like the original story which yeah. i've never heard that before if i'm wrong then i'm wrong but yeah you know it's interesting. well like the thing is it, because i know how youtube works yeah and how youtube culture around comments works mm. i wasn't really surprised because the thing about youtube is that for the most part, people who like content mm-hmm. and like are depending on the community, of course, but the people who like content content generally don't leave comments. They'll probably like it. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And just watch the video and enjoy it as it is. But the people who are usually the most vocal, the ones who are leaving the comments are usually ones who have like really, especially if it's an opinionated post or video, mm-hmm. they're the most likely to actually put in a comment and say something to counter your point or to uh just you know say whatever's on their mind whether it be most likely being negative yeah um and i feel like that's just youtube what youtube culture has kind of um become over time Mm -hmm. of course you'll find a lot of communities especially i find it more like on women's pages and um especially like in the beauty slash lifestyle community you'll find a lot of those because of gizman of course Uh, because yeah aisha i mean (laughs) um you'll find a lot more positive comments but that's just i think unique to that community Mm, i actually like watch a lot of people like Mm -hmm. in terms of makeup skincare whatever okay Uh, okay go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say it it could go either way uh yeah okay let me let me preface this i feel like it's for any youtube any video that has an opinion in it in in a a controversial opinion at that actually on that note yeah there is this one really big like um, beauty influencer on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember her name, but she has like a really strong like Jersey accent, and that's what that's how she be, like. That was one of the most distinct features that she had yeah. that made her popular. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't okay. know anything about that community except for my sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you it afterwards, and yeah. I'll send it to Amir so that we can include the clip here. But mm-hmm. she, so I think like it was an old 
TikTok live that she did and someone screen like recorded it yeah. and it resurfaced again where she basically was complaining about how exhausting it is to be a social media influencer mm-hmm. and how she like finished work at 5:19 yeah like 5:19 p.m. Oh, and so she was like five or whatever okay yeah so she was like complaining about it yeah and then that resurfaced it it kind of blew up it went viral and now like if you go through her most recent videos everyone's commenting like oh you must be working so hard yeah girl it's 519 you better clock out like they're like mocking her even yeah so it's like interesting to see that like that's why i was saying like with the beauty community it could go either way yeah and she was just expressing her opinion so i guess you're right like when it when it comes to Mm -hmm. expressing your opinion because it sounded really tone deaf like there are a lot of people who their regular job is like a nine to five or whatever like you know, if they're working night shifts or just a normal job and mm-hmm. they're getting severely underpaid where whereas we know that a lot of the bigger influencers, like they make money. That's their livelihood. Yeah. So people are like, I don't know if canceling her is the term because I don't think cancel culture is in anymore, but mm-hmm. they're almost like mocking her in the comments. Yeah. It's very interesting to see. No, but on, it's the like, inter- on the Internet, if someone feels like you're in a privileged mm-hmm. position, you have no room to show any weakness or like any type of like um what do you call it exhaustion not even exhaustion what is that i don't know what the word is but you um, can't show ungratefulness not even ungratefulness but you can't show any type of like, like you um, can't complain about the yeah, essentially you can't complain like no even if even if your complaints are warranted like mm. maybe you are being overworked or you feel like you're being um uh, shoot what is it when people when people like drain themselves why am i oh, losing uh, my words right now shoot. burnt out burnt out yeah even yeah. when you're feeling burnt out like in that case even then you shouldn't uh speak out about it because the internet will not give you any leeway at all if they feel like you're in a privileged position i think there's a way to go about it because at the end of the day no matter what you do a job is a job yeah and if you're working long hours or you're putting in a lot of effort, you're going to be tired. Um, obviously, some jobs are a lot more physically taxing, mm-hmm. like if you're doing physical labor or um, if you're working in healthcare. Like there are different jobs that are more exhausting. But like if you're doing, you know, a desk job that's nine to five where you're not actually moving, it's like mentally exhausting. Yeah. You know, so it's. Oh, was it? Did you say she had a desk job or she no, had. Oh, she's an influencer. Okay, influencer. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. But people were getting upset that she was like, yeah. oh, I'm so tired. I finished at 519. Yeah. Um, I think because being a, uh, like a content creator can be exhausting, right? Because especially if you're, if you're not outsourcing your tasks, like you're, for your shooting, so you're the talent, mm-hmm. but then you're, you also have to edit it. Then you have to come up with the marketing, which is like the con, like the yeah. actually posting it and all of that. So it can be exhausting. I think there's just a way to go about complaining about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. You know, I do agree with that. There is a way to go about it. Because mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking about it, there are there have been cases mm-hmm. where YouTubers came out saying that they're burnt out. Yeah. And it also depends on your audience or like you, whoever mm-hmm. that 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 culture you've built up in your own community mm-hmm. on what the reaction is going to be, right? I feel like the more OG YouTubers, like way back yeah. when, remember they would take breaks and stuff? They would just, ex- especially like daily vloggers, yeah. they would take breaks, recuperate their energy, and then come back and have fresh new content. Yeah, and they also had stronger communities because the earlier, the OG YouTubers, yeah, I feel like their communities grew up with them, so like mm. they feel more attached 
to them as a person. Mm-hmm. So whenever they do express some type of um, negative feelings, mm-hmm. whether it be burnt out or something, they're more willing to be like, okay, you know, we uh, we understand. Right. But if you're like a newer influencer who mm-hmm. hasn't, especially like in the TikTok realm now, because the, the audiences are always like shifting. And it's, it's I don't feel like it's very like... Um, for a lot of those, when I'm using TikTok specifically, like their audience isn't as loyal to them yeah. as they used to be. Yep, so yep. if they do show that type of like uh, same um, complaints, mm-hmm. I, the reaction is very different. Yeah, yeah, that I agree with. And we've addressed that before. We've talked about like the VidCon experience. Yeah, or... exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, I feel like you are better at summarizing, but I'm going to give the spark notes version Mm -hmm. amir can fill in the gaps yeah from what i've read and and done my research on um i think you pronounce her name mahsa amini i'll say yes okay okay (laughs) all right so there was a 22 year old girl in iran who was basically beaten to death by I don't know if it's the police or it's like the. You, you jumped way ahead there, man. You want, you want okay, I, but I was gonna say why oh. she got. Oh, okay, why okay, that okay, happened? Okay, okay, okay. She was beaten to death because she was fighting for her right to not wear wear the hijab or to not wear it properly. I think. I or think like they she wasn't wearing it properly. Or I can't remember exactly what the case was. Yeah. So in Iran, Iran is a Muslim country, and part of the rules of that country is that women have to be covered head to toe. Um, and so she was either she wasn't wearing it completely or she like had some of her hair or neck showing. I can't Mm -hmm. remember. Um, and so she was beaten to death by the patrol, the people that go around the city to ensure that women are abiding by this law. Um, and that has sparked an outrage within the Muslim community. I'm not really sure if the non-Muslim community has kicked in yet, but I, I have seen it on mostly muslim influencers mm-hmm. like on on social media um i'm not going to state my opinion yet because i kind of want to know yours mm-hmm. first well yeah well to be more to give even a little bit more detail like they they have essentially like um what are in the comments what do you call them again haters no those people who like haram police yeah they have uh. literally haram police Oh. In 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 <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, you mean like the in Iran? They literally have haram police, like I people who be go laughing. around the street, mm. and if they see you doing something outside of Islam, like something har- they perceive as haram, mm. then they will call you out for it, and they could arrest you for it. I think they have similar things in like Dubai and a lot of other oh, uh, I didn't know Emirati countries. That. Of course, this one's not in Emirati, but yeah. like that, just to give you an example, mm. um, and. They, you know, came up to her and they told her that. And then she, of course, resisted. And then they took her and they, like, slammed her against the car to arrest her. And they, like, threw her in the car. And then from that head injury, she later went to the hospital. And in the hospital is where she passed away. So she, she wasn't, like... Also, she wasn't beaten to death. She she technically was still alive until she got to the hospital. And because of the head injury mm. from being hit against the vehicle, that's when she... And they did hit her in the head with a baton. Yeah. So those Whoa. are still a little bit more details. Exactly. So definitely so, not a response that should be coming from someone who's supposed to be upholding the rules of Islam. Are the are the patrol or I don't know if we want to call them haram police mm-hmm. throughout the whole episode, but like are they instructed to kill people when no, they No, I I believe it's just they, they went too far with the situation. 
And and this is actually I've seen a few videos as well. Like this is just not only the Haram police, but there are a lot of people who are representing themselves as sheikhs on the street, mm-hmm. and they will actively like you know in the comments mm-hmm. how they'll say things like these. These people are literally doing in person. They will go up to women and start chastising them for whatever they're doing. If they're getting too close to someone, if they're walking and their ankle shows, if they're and and like the wind blows their hijab in a certain way, or they're just not wearing it in general, they're, the the chefs will literally come up to them and start chastising them for it and and berating them. Whether no matter where they are, they, literally I've seen videos in subways. I've seen videos. In, this is only like, in Muslim countries, though, right? This is in Iran specifically. Okay. In Iran, they just have a lot of chefs just walk in the streets, and these guys will come up and just start chastising these women and shouting at them. And in this case, she was actually beaten and eventually passed away because of it. So, like, to even share our opinion on this, it's a little bit... Okay, let me let me start by saying this. We absolutely do not condone like murder like i don't even know how to phrase it but like to kill someone because they're not following the correct rules of islam we don't condone that Mm -hmm. um that being said i know that a lot of people are kind of rallying behind the whole like um freedom of choice thing Mm -hmm. now in islam where muslims are uh, obligated to forbid the unlawful so we're supposed to, you know, remind each other not to commit sins and to do the good deeds. That's that's fact. Like mm-hmm. no one's going to say that you don't do that. That being said, we don't force it on anyone. Mm-hmm. You don't force your beliefs. You don't force the rules of the religion on anyone. If someone chooses to not follow the rules of the religion, that's on them. You do you, they do them. But to kill someone because they don't wear the hijab properly. Um, the last time I checked, killing killing a Muslim is a much greater sin than not wearing your hijab properly. So, and it's crazy because when you think about it, like from a like if you kind of step back and look at the bigger picture, there are other Muslims in other countries who are fighting for their right to wear the hijab. Yeah. People in India who are, the Muslims in India who are suffering because they're literally being murdered and beaten and arrested for practicing their religion. People in, the women in France who, there's a hijab ban i'm pretty sure it's still going on in montreal too here in canada like the contrast is so like it's very it's very sad to see that there are two very opposite ends of the spectrum Mm -hmm. like from the muslim countries and then the non-muslim countries Yeah, it all comes down honestly it all comes down to like the women's right to choose yeah that's all it is yeah like to be able to make that choice themselves, they should be able to make that choice themselves. Right. Like forbid the forbid the sins. Like you can you can remind your Muslim brothers and sisters not to commit sins. You can remind them to do good deeds, but to force someone, that's taking it a little too far. Yeah, and even the act of forbidding someone or reminding them to uh, do the good deeds and avoid the sins, like, mm. should be done in a certain way. Well, yeah, of course. And I haven't seen in any cases that have been brought up recently where it was done in the proper way. Yeah, there's there's um, an art to it, <laughs> if you mm. want to think of it in that way. Like, to advise someone, even the people that are in the comments, like, we've very lightly touched on the topic of hijab. I know that we've had some requests to, like, really dive into it, and maybe we will now mm. that this is coming up. But... If you want to advise someone, whether it's man or woman, and you're and you really genuinely care, like it's bothering you that this person isn't doing something correctly, yeah, 
have some compassion like literally and don't put them on blast on social media if you want to talk one-on-one like i don't know i can't even think of an example what do you mean one-on-one like like you know how if a girl posts a picture and maybe her bangs are out but she's wearing a hijab Mm -hmm. for someone to comment on the public picture to say your hair is showing sis this is haram like okay yes your point is very clear but do you really think she's probably going to take that from you no see but you know what i mean whereas if you tried a different approach and, and that's up to you guys to you know i'm not going to sit here and tell you how to advise someone because mm-hmm. i'm not perfect either but i'm I just feel, saying i feel like at the end like for the most part everything should be thrown through shown through action mm. and less by saying like the less you have to say to be able to get a point across i think the better mm-hmm. so if you just show yourself or present yourself as a really good muslim mm-hmm. and someone that someone might be attracted to following mm. in, in more of like i want to emulate what they're doing because i see how it benefits them i see how much of a good person they are and if more people start doing that, I feel like you won't have to start going out and forbidding things and doing things because we people naturally start to gravitate towards you and your own actions. You mean like through your character and your exactly, kindness and stuff? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there aren't enough people upholding those good characters. Yeah. Me, myself, like I'm not saying I'm a saint here or anything. So because we're not doing that, we're already falling short in the fact that like we're not leading by example. I mean, the best example is the Prophet sallallahu Yeah, but so. he's 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 not here, unfortunately. So we have to continue to show. Uh, I mean, um, emulate those actions of the Prophet to show other people what mm-hmm. the real, the proper way is. Yeah, that that's the point that I was. Oh, trying sorry, to get. sorry, no, my no, bad. No. I cut like you I was there. agreeing with you in, yeah, in the sense yeah. that like he's the best example, and it's our job to try and follow him as best as we can. Exactly. To do like a uh, like a chain reaction. Yeah. Type of. Does that make sense? Yeah, like that. I think there is that whole story of, um, is it Malaysia or, um, shoot, is it Malaysia? Sorry, there's mm-hmm. one country most that's now a Muslim country, but it wasn't conquered by the sword. It was conquered by. It wasn't even conquered. It was. It was the country turned Muslim, or the people, the people of that country became Muslim. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Malaysia. If I'm wrong, oh. I'll have to find out. I, I or Singapore, one of those countries. Where they became Muslim not through uh, conquering, but through seeing the actions of the trading, the people they traded with. Wow. And they saw how good these people were, they, how they treated them, mm-hmm. how they never cheated them in any way and were truthful in everything they said. Yeah. And because of that, the people gravitated towards them and ended up becoming Muslim. And wow. enough people became Muslim to the, wor- to the point where the country itself is now known as a Muslim country. So Maybe that is Malaysia. Yeah, I think it is. Like I feel yeah, like yeah. Let me see. Is my spidey <laughs> senses are tingling. <laughs> let me let me Google that real quick. Well, it is a Muslim country, but <laughs> oh, it is okay. So it I'm is, gonna yeah. say that Malaysia is the um, that country. If someone know, if I'm wrong, someone in the comments, please let me know, or someone who's listening to this message oh, us wait. about it. Here we go. It was interesting. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, there you go. From it says Indian. Islam was introduced to Malay Peninsula coast by Arabs in 674 CE. Islam was also brought to Malaysia by Arab Muslim and Tamil Indian Muslim traders in the 12th century AD. Wow. So it shows you that you don't have to preach. You don't have to say. You can really just show Islam through your actions. Mm-hmm. And what's Iran, that saying? Huh? Actions speak louder. Than exactly. Yeah. It, literally. 
actions speak louder than words. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> and and I think that point has been missed by a lot of the sheikhs mm. and the people who are supposed to be representing the best of Islam in Iran at this moment and a lot of other Muslim countries mm-hmm. that currently um, do similar things to what happened to, um, what's her name? Uh, Mahsa. Mahsa Amini. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people when it comes to you know, when 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 people want to focus on their deen, which is great, like do you, may Allah make it easy for you. A lot of times people neglect the character part. Yeah. Like they don't focus on their character. And so when you think about it, like there could always you know, you can learn as much as you want, but if your character doesn't improve and you're just a bad person like you're just a bad person with knowledge mm-hmm. you know so even you don't even have to be a bad person if you're not a warm person if that makes sense or just someone with bad character i don't know how yeah, else I to guess put so, it yeah. but like yeah. you know focus on that character too mm-hmm. like don't neglect that you should always strive to be the best version of yourself um mm-hmm. and, and that benefits you in this life and inshallah in the hereafter so yeah and it does go back to sort of what we said last week or i mentioned last week where um your actions or what you do can affect uh, the experience of other Muslims around you. Mm. So if you're not representing Islam properly, mm-hmm. it can give a tainted view of what Islam is to other people. Because now people who are ignorant to Islam yeah. in general, when they see this story, they're like, I knew it. Mm-hmm. These are what the Muslims really are like. They're trying to speak like we're, they're peaceful people, but look what they're doing in their own Muslim countries. Because yeah. we can speak all we want about what Muslims are in this country mm-hmm. where we're not the majority. But when this is happening in a majority Muslim country, they can use those as examples against Muslims yeah. and make our lives harder here. That's, so that's it affects everyone. It's a, it's a whole... It, these actions that are happening in these countries don't mm-hmm. only affect the people in that country. It affects every, all Muslims around the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I totally agree. I, th- I think that's uh, um, kind of like buttons it up right there. So it yeah. shows that this is, you may think this is just a one thing. It doesn't affect you, but you don't realize the, the, how this re- reverberates throughout the whole Muslim world exactly. <laughs> in a way. Exactly. Yeah. And no, it can I, build up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's hard out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we do have a positive Muslim story. To uh, come out, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I, I, I saw that one there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't know too much about this story, Damn so you're gonna it. have to. I was hoping you did. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, okay, I've, I've I heard... never, I didn't listen to the. Thing. Me neither. But I, I've heard a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're referring to is, um, Adnan Said is free from jail. He was wrongfully mm-hmm. convicted. Um, I don't know, twenty something years ago, I think it was. Yeah. 24 years ago, I think. 24? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, like, I saw the photo of him before he went to jail, and now I'm like, his entire, like, youth was taken yeah. from him. But um, from what I do know, like, I know that there was, a like, a crime podcast that kind of first brought his story to light, and that's how it, like, mm-hmm. basically reopened the case. Yeah. But he was, like, wrongfully accused of killing his girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was like, there was no evidence against him. Like there were all these things that basically worked in his favor, but for some reason, the prosecutors just didn't represent and um, present any of that evidence. Evidence. Yeah. So or he, make it aware, make the judge or the even the defense aware that that evidence was there. Crazy. Mm-hmm. But he he is free now, which is like I, I always think about it. Like whenever I hear these stories of people being exonerated, mm-hmm. is that the word exonerated? Yeah. Right. 
Um, well, he wasn't exonerated. He he was just he wasn't exonerated. But he, he was, was given he was given another trial. Oh. But be in between that time between now and that trial, he mm-hmm. was set free on bail. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, sorry, I, when I said exonerated, I was thinking of the you never watched that one, right? When they see us, the five. Uh, no, I never watched. You it. never watched. I can't. Why? I feel like I'm gonna get too emotional. Well, it, we already talked about this. Uh, just to keep talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I really think you should watch it though. I probably one day. Okay, fine. Like years from now. Okay, let's just keep going. <laughs> Anyways, what I was gonna say was, when I hear about these types of stories, yeah, I always try to think about it like, what if I was wrongfully convicted? Mm-hmm. Like, and twenty years go by, and you come out into the world again, into civilization. Like, how do you even, how do you even function? Like, how do you live? Like your whole entire like, a, maybe a third of his life was just taken away mm-hmm. from him. He spent it behind bars. And now that he's, you know, free for who knows how long. Yeah, until his trial. Until his trial, whenever that may be. Like, how do you... I I, I can only imagine the psychological impact that it can have on a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... I don't know. For me, like, I'm I'm happy for him. And yeah. inshallah, his trial goes in his favor. Yeah. <laughs> but... um. Like, I'm not super big into crime podcasts, but now I'm, like, a little bit intrigued that I, I just mm-hmm. want to listen to this one. Well, like, the thing that I like about this story specifically is that it kind of shine a light on this issue to... Because this is not only an Adnan Sayed situation. This, is, this hasn't only happened oh. to him. Like, we have the mm-hmm. When They See Us yeah. show, like, where it happened to them. Yeah. Um, and this is something that happens every day in mm-hmm. the American criminal system. Like, mm-hmm. there are people who are always being thrown into jail for life for crimes they didn't commit Mm -hmm. and you keep hearing about these cases coming out where people have been jailed for 20 30 40 years so crazy for a crime they had they were literally just walking down the street a cop picked them up said hey you did it and they're like no i didn't and they're like well you're going to jail (laughs) and that's literally how it worked that's insane yeah i smell a lawsuit and and i and this kind of like um brought the muslim community into it because mm. there have been i think a couple other cases but this kind of like I've, I've seen a lot more muslims kind of like yeah. make posts about it or 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 pay more attention to it i think it's because it was featured on that crime podcast oh okay, yeah then that's probably why then yeah but uh like as long as more communities start to realize that this is not only like a muslim issue or uh but this is just a general criminal system issue like just it, it's not this system is not geared towards it's, towards anybody who's not white essentially it's extremely flawed and i yeah. think even you know the people in the u.s know this mm-hmm. um and and it's it's it, aside from just being wrongfully convicted for murder even mm-hmm. if you're getting charged for like you know having drugs on you you yeah. get a, a larger sentence than someone who could have potentially like assaulted someone yeah which is crazy for like drugs not mm -hmm. that i'm condoning drugs but i'm saying like you know you (laughs) yeah you get caught with a bag of weed and you're in jail for like 13 years compared to like assaulting a minor and you're in jail for five years like crazy yeah it definitely needs to be reformed completely Mm -hmm. like not only the um judgment system or Mm -hmm. i don't know what you would call it i think the judgment system but like even the um what is the jailing system mm. in general needs to be reformed? I feel like I feel like it's inhumane how they kind of treat a lot of these prisoners. Of course, they've done horrible things. Did you see that sh- that story um, that actually just recently, like recently, came to light? No, I'm gonna show you. Um, but yeah, to oh, Sean King. Yeah, 
let's see but where is this so, so in the case of here clearly where is this in vaughn what castile vaughn this is no that's his name this was from this is in alabama so this is what he used to look like mm-hmm. okay and this is what he looks like in jail now isn't that insane they're literally trying to kill him yeah see so it show like there's there's no the issue is that there's no consequences mm-hmm. for abusing the system yeah for taking advantage of the system for uh, messing with evidence like the 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 same thing with even cops like I, that's a whole other thing yeah but a lot of the people who are in this who have control of the system work in the system have way too much power in their hands and there's no consequences to their action even if they're caught red-handed so what's the incentive for them to stop there's literally no incentive like what's going to happen to the people who um hate all this evidence evidence from the what's his name the uh adnan sayed trial like there's will they be held accountable most likely not that's and because insane. of that, there's no incentive for anybody else who might do the same thing in the future mm-hmm. to not do it. Because, like, what are they? Gonna, because the the um, the argument usually is like, well, if we go after them, like, most people might not want to work in the system because they feel like they're gonna have to walk on eggshells. It's like, then what's wrong with that? It's like make them feel like you should really want the people who are willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. Because it's already bloated to begin with. If you if you skim it down to the people who are really to act willing to do the right thing. But you know what I realized about the American justice system. Yeah, and it's this not is, about it could be the Canadian system too. I don't know. It's maybe pro- the North American. I don't know. Yeah, North American general, system. Yeah, it's not about what's right is right. It's about who can have the most convincing case. Yeah, that's literally it, which is insane. Yeah, like that's like to me that's like so scary because. If one of us ever gets wrongfully convicted, it's not about, oh, yeah, no, I believe him. He's he's truthful. It's do you have a good lawyer that can give a can sell your case as best as possible? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's another big issue there, because a lot of people don't have the money to be represented properly. So they have to get a government uh, provided one. And usually Mm -hmm. those ones have like two to three hundred cases they're working on at the same time. They literally can spend like one or two minutes on your case alone. Yeah. They're not going to get all those details. They're not going to be able to give it the attention it needs, which then exacerbates the issue, I guess you could say. And a lot more people end up going to jail that don't need to be in there. Mm-hmm. Or they end up sitting in jail waiting for a trial that for something they have never done. Like there are people right. who were in jail for years for like missing a few traffic tickets what yeah you can go to jail for because that? If, you, if you miss enough traffic tickets you get mm-hmm. a warrant on you and then if they if you get thrown in jail for that warrant, if they cut you on that warrant, you get thrown in jail and no one's paying attention to you there because no one has any incentive to pay attention to you you could be sitting in jail for months years you could you lose everything that is like insane. think about it think about it like this like even if they took you off the street you had a warrant for like missing tickets because you couldn't pay it because maybe you weren't making enough money on your job mm-hmm. and or maybe you didn't even know you had that worn out for you mm. and you get stopped, you put in jail. Even if you're gone for one, two months, is your job going to keep you? No. no. Now you're you're in jail. They don't yeah. care why you're in jail. They're going to fire you for that. I don't know about the States, but in Canada, when you apply for a job and you get hired and there you're doing the background check, they ask you if yeah. you've been wrongfully exactly. convicted. I mean, um, if you've been convicted of a, of a crime. Yeah. Even if you haven't been convicted, just that the taint of being in jail mm. is there and people can find that out. And that's a big issue in a lot of like low income or yeah, low income neighborhoods in America where people who already are like down on their luck, they don't have a lot of money 
are finding itself in cases where like they they um are thrown in jail maybe wrongfully for something mm-hmm. and because of that they can't afford to be in jail even for a week let alone a month two months three months when they get out they literally are in a worse spot than where they were which incentivizes them to be like if i'm already i've already had this under my name mm-hmm. I have nowhere to go. I have nothing to gain, like nothing in my life now. Why not turn to a life of crime? And that's how you kind of, you literally are, are, um, what do you call it? Creating criminals, mm. people, people who weren't criminals to begin with. You're, you're literally creating them by putting them into the system to begin with, which is ironic. That's enough. actually very sad. Yeah, because they end up in jail. And sometimes to survive in jail, yeah, they have to make certain deals. They have to work with certain people. Mm-hmm. And they find themselves in a gang by the time they get out. Especially a lot of young kids who are thrown in jail. Mm-hmm. I'm going in on this, but there are yeah, a lot of young are. kids who are <laughs> young kids who are frisked on the street and they're taken in jail. Maybe they like had weed in their pocket or something or something um, like a knife to protect themselves because they're in a lo- they're in a in a hood where they feel unsafe or maybe mm-hmm. a gun because they feel unsafe and it's there for their own self protection. And they end up going to jail and because they're young they have no one to turn to like the only option they have when they're in jail is to join a gang or to at least affiliate themselves with a gang and once you're affiliated with them you're kind of done for life double-edged sword right there yeah and um like like it's it's just a lot that needs to be reformed i don't believe it'll ever be i'm not gonna say it will ever be uh but until enough people wake up i don't think anything will change listen I really, I don't think the prison reform in in America anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really don't see it happening anytime soon. Yeah, but it's ironic how it literally just requires the people to come together. But I think this is kind of a conspiracy thing. But like the recent movements where uh, politicians have been making the people more divided mm. has made made that almost impossible now because people are so divided now that they mm-hmm. even if they see that there's something that they can all benefit from just because like um what do you call it just because maybe let's say the left agrees with it mm. the right will immediately disagree with it just for Even, the sake of disagreeing just for the with sake them? of disagreeing with it that's so stupid yeah and and the politicians and whoever the conservative pundits or and same thing for the left if the right has like a good point and the left uh sees that they're going for something like they might immediately just like push away say oh no you guys are like this they what was like what did i say before um like they they would immediately dismiss it yeah and then someone like on the news or politicians will come up with some way to like make it sound worse than it really is mm. yeah so um it helps to be aware of that hopefully whoever's listening to this will be more aware of it yeah. and um I think as more stories, just to get back to the original point, if more stories come out like this and more people are made aware of these things, hopefully you can get both sides to at least agree that, okay, this is something that's messed up and we need to work on it. I mean, the good thing about this whole thing is that uh, crime podcasts, pride, uh, pride, (laughs) crime (laughs) documentaries are really big. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it it really became viral even during COVID, especially Mm -hmm. because what else are people going to do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's look into crime. So, you know, if if the people that are in like into those things and producing that that type of content continue to uncover these types of stories, then you never know, maybe someone else will be, you know, someone who someone else who was wrongfully convicted will be released. Yeah. I hope that they make more crime 
content, I guess you could call it, mm. in this genre yeah. and kind of stop and do away with like the genres where they kind of almost um, celebrate like celebrate like serial ki- serial yeah, killers yeah, yeah, like yeah, i've yeah. seen a lot more mm-hmm. tv shows mm-hmm. and like documentaries made on serial killers mm-hmm. to the point where it almost makes them sound cool or not cool but like it, uh, it's almost like glorifying what they did in a way the ted bundy one how they had zach efron play him and everyone yeah. had, like some people were like oh my god zach is so good looking but then they're like why are you like yeah. obviously they they picked him because apparently ted bundy had like a charming sort of aspect yeah. to him. And so they were really trying to mm-hmm. be as accurate as possible. But yes, you're right. It did give off that vibe of like, you're celebrating Yeah, it's, them. Like it's celebrating might not be the right word, but you no. know what? You, I yeah. think they know what we mean by that. Like Giving them a platform. Yeah, giving them a platform. And even the families who were, who had victims in their cases, like are like, we don't like this. Why are you guys mm. doing this? And because the money's there. So people are just doing it and ignoring the families. By the way, have you seen what happened with or like what Zach Efron looks like now? Yeah. Have you? He looks. Do you know why? Like why? Oh, oh, you know. He you, said he said it's not plastic surgery and it's because of some type of sickness or whatever. No. Okay. So this will happen. I love Zach Efron, so I know this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I actually just was curious like why his face looked like that. First of all, his name does not. It's not with a K. Whatever. Okay, I got it. <laughs> so he had an accident where he broke his jaw. So I think. He 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 worded his, the way that he worded um, the statement that he made was very specific. He said it wasn't intentional plastic surgery, meaning he still could have because he broke his jaw. I'm pretty sure he still had to get some form of plastic surgery to like fix his face. Mm-hmm. Like he literally broke his jaw. Like he fell and hit like a stone fountain or something. And so I think there's still swelling going on. Plus, he's just—it's been going on for a while, though. Yeah, he broke it like two years ago or something like that, and so like until until his face can be fully reconstructed properly. No, no, look at this side by side. I'm gonna throw it up. That's not the photo. But he literally, just for the audio listeners, like it literally looks like someone, like, injected his whole face with uh, Botox or not even Botox, like some type of filler. Filler. Where his face looks like extremely wide and like it looks like a Ken doll. It's so like artificial in a way. Because he broke his jaw, Amir. But like breaking your jaw doesn't do that. It does when you have to reconfigure the structure of your face. Look. See? Like his mouth is. Uh, but I've never seen anyone who's broken their jaw and their jaw got like three times bigger than it used to be. Because it's swollen. How, but it's been swollen for two years. Listen, I don't know. Okay, maybe he had to get filler to try and even out the the structure of his face. But he said he hasn't done anything to it. No, he said he didn't do it. Like he was very specific. Yeah, it could have. It could have. He. I think he tried to say like it wasn't like he intentionally went to go do plastic surgery. Yeah, it was unintentional plastic surgery. Uh, even his nose looks a little bit different. I'm just saying, man. What? How? Oh, look yeah. at that exactly but his nose looked better here than than here like why would you change your nose from this to this exactly that's what i'm saying plastic surgery doesn't always end up being positive he's rich okay he can afford to get a really good plastic surgeon i don't know i don't know but you know what this is not a gossip page so you know i'll just leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> not us talking about zach efron's plastic yeah. surgery. i don't know I was just, that was just something i recently saw i saw it like probably a few months ago but then it came up recently it looked even worse so i was like eh, oh because he was at tiff on. right I think so, yeah. Mm. 
yeah mm-hmm. so i put in this point here because i i actually had something in mind but i just wanted to ask you like throw it in there for some little positivity in this episode yeah <laughs> what are some random things in your routine that make you extremely happy like when they go ro- when they go well like i'll give you an example mm-hmm. um if i don't i don't wear makeup often but like whenever i have to wear makeup for whatever the case may be if everything just like blends nicely <laughs> it makes me like it instantly ma- puts my mood at like a hundred. Yeah. Or I don't know when I'm making coffee and it just it's like extra good that morning. I'm like today's gonna be a good day. Mm. Like what's something in your routine where when it goes well you're like oh yeah my day's like on already at like here. I don't have anything specific like that for me. It's like as long as everything goes to plan, mm. I'm good. What's something that like if it doesn't go to plan? Like, for example, let's say you're leaving to work and you check your GPS and it's just red all the way. Does that like... Oh, throw yeah. Your- that that that's just makes... <laughs> that literally just ruins the day. Like, if you don't know, when I work on the other side of the city, mm-hmm. it literally takes me some days now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I think it's because school started. Mm-hmm. It added like almost 30 minutes to my drive. So how long is So it? before it used to take me like maybe an hour. And now it takes me about an hour and a half to get back from work. How about going? Going, it used to take me like 45 minutes. Now it takes me an hour yeah and oh that's just God. from the extra volume on the streets oh it's really bad God. and honestly the city has a big part to do with it because they just don't know how to choose when to do construction they just do it everywhere at the same time yeah so <laughs> like they literally destroyed a bridge that connects scarborough or like east york sort of scarborough area mm. to downtown oh, yeah, like this one is a big bridge that's used by millions of people a day mm-hmm. and they're like we're just gonna get rid of that bridge and we're gonna reconstruct it maybe like soon and then <laughs> it's literally been two years nothing has changed like it doesn't even look like they've been started construction they just destroyed it and left it like that and it's the most frustrating thing because like that that was my that literally that alone mm. added like 15 minutes it was it's it makes no sense to me even today like when i I literally got on, I'm not going to say where yeah. I got on the highway, but I got on from my house mm-hmm. and I took two stops and I exited because it oh, was yeah. so bad. I was yeah. like, I literally hate this city. I can't, I just no, can't. The, the traffic is something else now. And I'm like, over it. I, I feel like a lot of us are going to have to like either move. The thing is that like people are saying, oh, then why don't you just move closer move, move into the city? Yeah, it's literally like impossible. It's like so with expensive. food prices going yeah. up, gas prices going up, uh, house prices, rent prices. Like nowadays, the, the control is in the renter's hand, mm-hmm. renter's hands or the landlord's hands. Yeah. So like they can abuse that relationship as much as they want. And you're kind of just a you're victim helpless. to whatever they do or helpless to whatever they do. That's so, so if they want to, if you get an apartment and they're like, yeah, we want to like break contract and add like three, four hundred dollars to the rent. Mm. Like they can find some loophole to do that, and you're kind of just screwed. And this happened to a lot of people in the city. Yeah. Or like you're getting near the end of your contract, and they're like, hey, we're not gonna let you move back in. We're gonna like, we're gonna demolish and like do reconstruction. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They, give you enough they don't notice. end up. No, but they. Huh? They don't give you enough notice. Well, let's say they do give them enough notice, but they do that. You you're like, okay, I'll leave. You leave, but they don't actually end up like doing reconstruction, or whatever. They just end up bumping up the price by like a thousand dollars and then renting out again, which That's... has happened to a lot of people. So, um, yeah, Toronto might be done for unless something happens soon. Like I don't the know. Great Recession. 
they, we're already in a recession right now. Oh yeah, true. We are. Yeah, we're we are. we're in like a soft recession. Yeah, it's about to get worse. I feel like. Um, no, we're actually doing pretty well in the recession. Like they're kind of managing managing it pretty well. It's just mm-hmm. that it's going to be a longer recession. I feel because mm-hmm. it's not a drastic. Uh, it's not as um uh, like as bad as it was bad like, as it was before however many years ago exactly was. like before mm. we kind of like dipped all the way down yeah to the point where like the only way to go was up mm-hmm. but now we're kind of like slowly we're going down like the bunny hill of yeah. recession mode so like you don't feel it as much but you, you feel it over time right and you kind of get used to it and then it drops again and you use it and it drops again and then maybe eventually they'll start going up you don't know yeah do you think that's better though because it's less of a it's not like such a stark no nah, I, I feel like it's like uh it's almost like you're starving or you're like you're you're slowly like restricting someone what are you going strangling it's like them. you're you're constantly like hungry but you're not starving yet yeah exactly mm. which is that's uh, not a good feeling yeah exactly <laughs> it's not a good feeling at all and i feel like that's what everybody's kind of sort of have in the back of their mind or in their stomach they feel like a little like a little bit of like hunger but not yeah. the point where you're starving you know yeah yeah but it's like never-ending yeah i'd rather just starve for a couple hours and then have a big exactly feast. exactly <laughs> yeah. there's a good uh analogy for yeah. the whole situation <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah um anything else in your routine that makes you extremely happy or just like makes your day no just as long as like my gym workout goes well mm. uh like if, if if I have a goal that day and I do it, then mm-hmm. yeah. Like if, as long as I don't have any issues with that workout, like mm-hmm. every lift feels nice. Yeah. I don't feel tight. I feel like nice and loose or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Um, if I get, if I finish like early at the gym, mm-hmm. that's a big plus. And I get home and I can like cook my food and I get my, and I, and I don't forget to take the meat out of the freezer. That's a big See? plus. You have all these, when you go, when you get to go to Tim's. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess when I go to go to, when I get to go to Tim's, yeah. If I know I haven't like uh, snacked too much, because the thing is that I talk about like calories and control and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but like if you put the food in front of me, I have no self control. Really? Yeah. Like it, my my mom gave me today like um, these two those you know those small um, Skittles not Skittles M M&M and M packages. Yeah. Like the ones you give at like Halloween and stuff. She yeah. had two of those in a bag of Lay's chips. I was like, <laughs> "Why are you doing this to me?" I literally in front of her opened one of the M M&M and M packages Don't right tell away me you like that. and just dipped, <gasps> jumped like dunked, not dunked. What do you call it again? Chugged Dumped it or chugged. And then you had all of them at once. Yeah, I had it all at once. I just meant- ate it there. My, my mom said the exact same thing. <laughs> And five minutes later, I did the same thing to the second package. And like 30 minutes later, I finished a lace bag. Oh, my I had gosh. no self-control at all. <laughs> so that's why I don't keep things in the house. One big tip there, guys. Don't keep anything. Anything. <laughs> don't snack in the house, okay? Mm. Or just have healthy snacks like fruits. Not even. Okay. Health, fruits, fruits, okay. Yeah, fruits But even and fruits, don't, don't go overboard. No, but like if you're going to, like, if you're, like, that was my thing. Like for me, I'm like, mm-hmm. if I want something sweet, my only option is fruits. Yeah. So i'll have the fruit yeah but yeah okay well that's a little positive note and now back to depression so so the next thing that we want to talk about was um do you you guys have plants right here i uh, know we're nothing we're, we're keep, well we have them outside yeah and yeah. they're doing well yeah my mom you know waters them every once in a while <laughs> let me tell you okay yeah. so i've made my official return to work i, I work twice mm-hmm. twice a week now and so because i'm not at home those two days are actually they've made a difference literally all 11 of my plants in my office are dying why don't you just water them when you get home 
So, okay. Wait. Okay, so I saw I saw a TikTok video today, mm-hmm. or Instagram. I can't remember where I saw it. Mm-hmm. But do you name your plants? No, do you? I mean, I have in the past, but I don't remember their names now. See, that was a thing. When I saw the video, she's like, "Name the plant your name." Why? Because you. It's almost like uh, it's almost like she would say it's like almost like a self-love thing like if you name it if you give it your name oh, you're, you're more it. willing to like take care of it because like it's almost like a part of you at that point um i mean you don't feel like that's the case no like i i i love my plants yeah and I, it's it's been nice to see a lot of them grow i got a lot i got all of them during covid yeah um and because i was working from home they were thriving yeah and i knew all of the like they all have different watering schedules which is so annoying Mm -hmm. because then you have to remember like you can't just do them do them all on the same day yeah did you get them all at the same time no no it was like a slow gradual build like every time i'd go out i'd come home with a new plan my parents look at me like this girl's insane Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um so i realized like just this past like last week um i you know what a snake plant is no what? Yeah, you do. You know the the big plant in my office. This this is a snake plant. Oh, is it the one where the the branches like wrap around each other? The ones that stick up straight. No, what? Yes, you do. Uh, this one. Oh, maybe I've seen that in your room. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, they this is the most low maintenance plant ever. Okay. Yeah. Like you maybe have to water it like every two weeks. Yeah. And for some reason, like three of the leaves are just like drooping over, and they get like squishy. Well, like, what is the life cycle of a plant? Like, can it live forever? I guess they t- can, technically can. They can, yeah, as long as you take care of it. Yeah. And so, like, when Have I- you been watering it mm-hmm. every two weeks? No. no. Exactly. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. But How do you I forget th- that then? Because, like, like I'll look at it, like, maybe once Wait, a week. Wait, are you setting a schedule? No, like, I know, my, I know the schedule. That's your problem. No, listen, let me tell you. Hey, guys, I'm a guy. And guys, we offer solutions. No, let me just... Even even if you all don't want it, I'm going to give you all a solution. And I feel like I know what side of solution is here. <laughs> let me just explain. So normally, I just check it. Like, you just put your finger in the soil, see if it's still moist. And if it's not, if it's dry, then you know to water it. That's that's honestly like as easy as it is. Nah. The rule, what you <laughs> should do... I learned this at work because I forget a lot of things. Literally, just make it... Uh, put it on your schedule as an alarm. Like but you have a Microsoft schedule. That's true. But I think also because of the change in the the season, like especially yeah. right now, the air is drier. So like before I like it was super humid. I could get away with not watering my snake plant for like three weeks and it was yeah. fine. But now I feel like I have to do it like every week and a half to two weeks. Okay. But like you keep forgetting to do that, right? Well, now, now that they're all dying, I'm like paying extra attention, yeah. like kind of eyeing them all like, y'all good? Yeah. <laughs> Are they getting better? Yeah. Okay. You yeah, just have yeah. to cut off the dead plants, right? Or the dead leaves. So I, yeah, I was like trimming them up and mm-hmm. like, um, there's this other one called a spider plant, which is ironic because I hate spiders, <laughs> but those plants are so dramatic. Like the way that the leaves just like droop so yeah. dramatically if they're dry. Yeah. Um, and then the, the minute you water them, like maybe an hour later, they become super green and like, yeah, yeah, that's the one that I have feel like 11 is a little overboard maybe that's your issue you can you know over- too many yeah exactly but the air quality in my office is so nice i'm like <sighs> well at this point it's too late it's like a pet like you can't just kill it i know i, don't, I can't kill it yeah 
Just like, put it outside and hope that it no. finds a new family. <laughs> you know what? You should get a plant. No. Why not? I'm never going to get a plant. Like, yeah. if I ever do get a plant, it's probably going to be when I have a wife who can take care of it. But I feel like it'll teach you responsibility. I know responsibility. Okay, I'm going to get you a plant. Uh, no. Don't, Sada, don't. Where's my slippers? By the way, she said she would get me slippers for my birthday. They're and on I their no way. Slippers yet. Okay, I'm I just know. saying, okay. <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> um and this point was actually yours from two weeks ago oh yeah so i feel like we're ragging on america a lot but i just want to mention this one rightfully so you know we'll we'll end off on this one i know we talk about a lot of controversial issues today hopefully youtube doesn't suppress our video again but um i don't know if you heard about the jackson mississippi water crisis from you well it's very similar to the um what's the one in michigan uh, the Flint, yeah, the Flint, Michigan water crisis, memory, guys. where essentially <laughs> the country, not the country, the city knew mm. that it had a uh, overburdened and also old and bri- like horrible water system, mm. water filtration system, uh, sewage system, everything just needed to be upgraded at some point, For right? The entire city. For the entire city, Damn. and they knew that this was an issue. If they knew it was going to be sorry, what he's calling. Because we told him to come here. Oh, shoot. Okay, hold on. You talk to him real quick. Hello? What? No, we, no phones allowed I know, on the podcast. Tell him to come here. Come to my house. Okay, what? I can't hear you, but <laughs> come on, to my house. How do I put on speaker? It, oh. Hello? <laughs> yeah, we're recording the podcast, man. What? I know to exactly. Why here. did you answer, Sarah? Because then he would have been driving around. Okay, English. just come to my house. Oh, okay, we'll come down. Okay. Inshallah. Bye-bye. That's a no. No, we're coming. Oh, I thought it was the parents, Inshallah. It'll be fine, okay, guys? I thought it was the parents, Inshallah. No. Okay, but what was I saying? We were talking we were about talking something about very f- important f- here, okay? But the Flint water system. Well, like, okay, so Jackson, Mississippi, they knew that this was an issue. Mm. Politicians, they all knew this was an issue. And they were, it, was, it was a billion-dollar issue that needed to be taken care of. Or Wait, are we talking about Flint or Jackson? Jackson. Oh. And they knew this had to be taken care of. And the government actually, like, so I was like, hey, we'll give you guys, like, $75 million to at least get started on the process. And I think the whole problem, the whole thing would have cost them, like, a billion dollars in total. So what is 75? Well, actually, I mean, sorry. No, my bad. My bad. Before the crisis occurred, it would it would have cost them $200 million okay. to do this, right? And they knew this was going to be the case. So the government knew this was going to be the case, mm-hmm. or the federal government. So they gave them $75 million mm-hmm. to at least like help them out a bit. And then they can front up the rest of the money for their, from, the, from whoever lives in that state, right? Mm-hmm. That's where taxes go to, right? Mm-hmm. But the politicians were like, nah, we're just going to use that money for other stuff. And we're going to ignore those people because, you know, the population of that uh, area is 80% black anyways, right? You know, not saying that this is exactly what they said, but, you know, when when the population of a place is majority black people, the chances of ge- them getting any type of uh, support or funding to mm-hmm. help in something that can almost be well eventually became life threatening mm-hmm. is very unlikely, and that's what happened here. So instead of fixing it, they ignored it, pushed it down the line, and their whole water system kind of just collapsed on itself to the point where they told them like same similar to Flint, like don't drink the water don't take showers in the water like you could literally get diseases from it's that using this bad? water yeah like it was a different color everything oh my god like imagine having to live in a city where you can't use any wa- any of your water systems for anything 
Like to the point where they couldn't even boil the water because of how dirty oh it was. Oh my god! Yeah, eventually it got to a level where they could boil it and clean it, but like mm-hmm. there was a point where it was so bad they couldn't even do that. Yeah, this point that you made. What does this mean? Huh? Oh yeah. So um, the, w- I was gonna get to that part mm-hmm. there, but eventually, after about forty days of this um, boil water notice, like essentially. Uh, the crisis happened and eventually they got to a level where they could boil the water. So they told you, okay, start, you can start boiling your water and using that because essentially people had to go to a lot of these, uh, banks, food banks mm-hmm. and get water bottles from them. Right. And get, and use that for shower and use for... that for everything that you would use water for. Oh my yeah. God. And these are already like low income neighborhoods. People, these people don't have the time to be dealing with this. Right. And on top of that, to go back to the whole part, like low people, like they don't have the time to, um, they have to be working almost constantly. Right. But because of this issue, the schools were closed down mm-hmm. and they went to online schooling. But if you think about it, a lot of these students don't have access to computers to begin with because their yeah. their families can't afford it. Right. And the laptops they are given are like not the best. Mm-hmm. They don't have the best internet at home. A lot of them still use even dial-up to this day. Mm-hmm. And uh, these parents have to go to work. They don't, they can't afford they can't afford daycare. They they expected them to be at school so they could be at work. And now they're expected to have the kids at home while they have to go to work. And in order to do that, they have to go to daycare. But daycare costs money. And, with, and this is not money that they have. What a horrible cycle to be in, honestly. Yeah, and this is happening. I feel like this can continue to happen throughout America, mm-hmm. and it's it's, it's hitting the mo- the people who are the most vulnerable. Yeah, and like that's the overall issue in North America is that if you're vulnerable in any way, if you don't, if you are living paycheck to pay- paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. it's almost inevitable that you'll find yourself in a situation where you have n- almost nowhere to go, and like you you're st- stuck between a rock and a hard place, essentially. To be in that position, though, where you have to make that unfortunate decision of, okay, am I going to pay my bills or am I going to feed, my, feed kids. my kids? Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. That's actually, like, mm-hmm. it, it like makes me really sad and I have goosebumps even talking about yeah. that, that a first world country, literally probably one of the most, I mean, I don't know about now, but they were once one of the most powerful countries mm-hmm. in the entire world has people living in this type of circumstance yeah we're we're a third we're a first world country in name but we have a lot of pockets that living look very similar to third world countries mm-hmm. so at that point you're like okay exactly what constitutes constitutes us to be like a first world country right like at, like are we deserving of that label still if that makes sense <laughs> of course of course we're still i feel like we are still to a point deserving of that label but we're getting we're we're slowly getting to a point where um, it's n- we're not worthy of it as much. When you say we, you're referring to America, North not America, Canada. oh North the whole America, continent, the whole continent. Like I feel like Canada is not far behind. Yeah, that's actually. Like, that look how we teach. Look how we treat uh, natives. Yeah, I was just natives alone. Say. Like those are literally they're living in third world environment, like third world. Uh, yeah, environments. I guess you could say they're being like, treated like second-class citizens. Yeah, third-class citizens to be with. Uh, yeah, it's honestly so. Like I would, um, people maybe minorities would sometimes be see feel like they're treated like third world. I'm uh, not third world, second-class citizens. Mm. So let think about how the natives are being treated, right? Yeah, like they're supposed to be getting support from the government, right? But and and all they're doing is making it harder for them to live 
in their environments and you see it in their suicide rates mm -hmm. you see it in their criminal in their uh, in their the crime, crime rates, rates. Um, you see it in, in everything their standards their education, of education their, their standard of living mm -hmm. um, so we're not any better as a country yeah, oh that's yeah. why I'm saying North America in general because we mm -hmm. do we do or I, I feel like I rag on America a lot but it's almost like uh, throwing rocks at a glass house like we have very similar issues in Canada yeah I just feel like maybe in the states they're more um overt no is overt the right term like they're more open about it mm -hmm. they're very like in your face and you can see it's it also as it a is. larger population yeah and mm -hmm. then canada's just a bit more like it's hidden it's kind of passive yeah and uh we're kind of part of like because we're not speaking about speaking up about it mm -hmm. well now we are we're, we're yeah. speaking about it here mm -hmm. but uh we're almost complicit in it if we don't say anything i feel like we're complicit if we're not saying anything because you're uh, benefiting from it, that system. Because we're benefiting from it? Like, if, if you're benefiting from the system, oh. but not acknowledging, like... Like, um, the privilege that we may have. The privilege that we have. Condoning the... Yeah, and what the cost of that privilege is, mm -hmm. then... Um, uh, what, was my, what was my point? Like, you're... You're saying that we are... Oh my god, I'm blanking. Yeah, I blanked on the word. <laughs> but I think people are know what we're trying to get at, right? Yeah. Like... You're trying to say like if, oh my god! I know, right? What was the word? I mean, I don't know. I literally, we literally said it earlier. I wish we could just rewind. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I feel like the listeners and the watchers know what we're talking. They're probably about, shouting right? it now as yeah, well. Exactly. Like, you said that. Anyways, mm -hmm. you guys know what we mean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, do you have any other points to add to this? Well, like to get back to the Jackson, Mississippi, uh, water, water crisis. crisis? Um, I like it again, similar to the Adnan Sayed situation. Mm -hmm. I hope that with more cases like this mm -hmm. coming to light, mm -hmm. um, hopefully before the next city mm. ends up experiencing something like this, we don't know. I personally don't know where that what that next city is. We can kind of get ahead of that and start like uh, pressuring politicians, not only in America but in Canada, like for the natives um, natives to. Uh, focus on them more and provide more, provide them more funding and and actually take action when these things are brought to light. I think people underestimate how much power their voice has. If, yeah, if a lot of people rallied behind this cause for improving the overall like value, not value of life, um, quality of life, quality of life. There we go mm -hmm. for for the natives in Canada. I genuinely believe, and maybe this is me being naive, but I feel like the Canadian government, even if it's Trudeau or, yeah, mm -hmm. Trudeau really, um, could will start to shift his focus on it. If everyone's pressuring him, I yeah. think he would. Yeah, and I was kind of annoyed when, you remember when that whole situation happened with uh, when they're finding the... Um, oh, the bodies the of bodies? all the children, yeah. Yeah, which I heard actually that story was kind of like blown out of proportion in a way mm. where they didn't really, it wasn't kind of like, that many bodies found oh. they found they found cemeteries in a way and some of the bodies ended up being children it wasn't like a mass grave in that you think you know oh. when you think mass grave you think like they just opened a big pit right threw a bunch of bodies in and then covered it right. but they said it was very similar to like cemeteries if oh. that makes sense so like they were actually buried proper uh, for the most part properly or something but I, I need to find out i need to get more information but i feel mm -hmm. like that was kind of um People are some people are point kind of when they look into the facts, it's kind of blown out of proportion. Mm. But but what was I what I was hoping was that like people were showing the orange flags to yeah. show their solidarity yeah. with the native community. Right. But it kind of led to nowhere. And now yeah. I feel like 
just having that orange flag mm-hmm. at this point it's just virtue signaling like you're showing hey i'm a good person i support natives mm-hmm. but you're not doing anything to actually help the that community right so like what does it mean if you just have if you put up a flag like that means nothing if you're not if there's no action behind it because actions do speak louder than words <laughs> similarly <laughs> similarly to the black lives matter movement um when everyone was posting that black yeah photo on social media it's like yeah you know post like it's yeah. not really doing anything exactly. like i understand like you know i guess your uh, support is appreciated but like posting a picture of a black square isn't really going to change the world yeah or like those you know like that that um hipster coffee shop who puts the black lives matter uh flag in front of their shop and mm. then when you go in and you ask them okay so what have you done to help support mm. the black community there's like nothing <laughs> put up a flag okay good for you bro He's like, what are you doing? I mean, on one hand, maybe they're putting it up to show that, like, like you're welcome here. Like, you're not going to feel uncomfortable, you know. But the Black Lives Matter, that was a movement. Yeah. If you want to, you can show, I guess you could show solidarity in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cause not everybody solidarity can... is not enough anymore. I feel like it's not enough. So what do you feel like is the right course of action? Because not everyone has the funds to maybe, like, donate, you know. Maybe people you know, want to do mm-hmm. like, ch- um, not charity work, sorry, like uh, community work where they're doing workshops, mm-hmm. where they're educating the community on, on the issues. And that's up to them to figure out, not for us. No, no, no I was just asking you. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I can't remember what to you. I'm just saying like, like, no, I know what you mean though. It is up to them. Like if you're trying to make a difference, like you, you actually have to brainstorm and put in that work yeah. to say like, what, how can my voice help this issue? Yeah. It's very similar to that whole situation where, um people who like people who weren't people who white people (laughs) non-people of color (laughs) like came up to black and be like okay so like uh educate me but then they're like it's not my um job to educate you like you should be educating yourself and doing your own work to figure out why we're speaking up and what our issues are and and do what you can to help us if that makes sense I kind of disagree. What do you mean? So you feel like we should keep educating every single person who comes up to us and ask us, like, I I keep saying us, Uh. but like, even we, like as Africans, I guess, Mm. like some, uh, some people in our own community try to distance ourselves from the black community in a way, which I feel is is wrong. I feel like we should show some solidarity or because we do what it's similar to the, I'm, I'm going back here again to the uh, Mahsa Amini uh, situation where her that story doesn't only affect people in Iran, but it affects the whole Muslim world. I was going to touch on that. I was going to say, there like, you go. Go ahead. as a hijabi, mm-hmm. if someone asks me about Islam, I could say, do your own research. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I feel forced to always, like, okay, mm-hmm. whether I like it or not, I represent Islam because I'm wearing a hijab and I'm conducting myself as a Muslim or trying my best to. Yeah. Um, and so it's not a ch- like you're black and you're mm-hmm. visibly black. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're not someone who's uh, racially ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And so whether you like it or not, you represent that race. Yeah. If you want to, you know, openly say, yes, I'm Muslim, which you do, mm-hmm. then you also now represent that part of you as well. Yeah. So if someone comes up to you and says, Hey, Amir, like, you know, I, I noticed you said you're Muslim, like, and I'm interested in Islam. Yeah. You're telling me to be like, go do your own research then. 
you'd, you'd probably, you know, say a couple of things. You, you know what? I, I don't feel like you have to be their main source of information, mm-hmm. but you can guide them. You can say, here are some quick points. Mm-hmm. You know, here are some resources. If you have any questions, let me know. Okay, if you will, do that work. Yeah, I got no time. <laughs> I mean, no i'm not saying like i always have like a you know a pamphlet in my yeah. pocket to pa- hand over yeah but if someone asks me a question like nine times out of ten i'm probably gonna answer it instead of like if i know the answer mm-hmm. instead of just saying like oh good luck oh I was why? Like, why 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 would they do that? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that scared me i know okay guys uh yeah people are trying to get into this room now so yeah that's we're gonna end up yeah we're, we're gonna end the podcast here <laughs> Um, all right guys you'll have to continue that topic i feel like we can make a whole topic on like black issues and stuff yeah we'll be back on this topic but um we will we'll see you guys next week oh you didn't even say make sure to oh yeah i said in the beginning but i'll say it at the end you can be the 2000 subscriber give us a thumbs up for this video if you liked our topics Mm -hmm. let us know your thoughts below um for everyone who has been commenting on our videos i promise i will get to them i will read them and respond Thank you guys so much for your constant support. We genuinely appreciate and love every single one of you. It means so much to us. Thank you for everyone who's been writing out this far and who will continue to write out in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, subscribe to our channels, Cousin Connection Pod, everywhere. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.